Hi, I'm Maurice Jager, and you're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws. Got a new episode here for you. Now, ordinarily, it's me, Glyn Jewis, with my co-host, Dave Clayton. But at the time of recording this, he's out enjoying himself at Creative South, a, a designer's kind of conference over in the USA. So while he's away, I'm kind of taking the opportunity to speak to a couple of friends of mine in the industry, one of which is Morris Yaga, that you'd heard do the intro to this particular episode. Now, Morris, I've known for a number of years, having presented out uh, in the Netherlands, and he's one of the guys that I saw initially being involved with Peter Hurley and the Headshot crew. So when it came to speaking to Morris, I kind of thought that that's the way that the whole interview would go. The whole chat would be all about the Headshot crew and what it's like to be kind of involved in, I guess you would call a franchise kind of thing. But it went completely off tangent, unexpectedly. But I'm really glad it did because it kind of went into Morris's understanding and how he works with LinkedIn. Now, if you've listened to many episodes in the past, you'll know that social media is always something that kind of gets um, brought into the episodes, not necessarily in the most positive of light. Uh, but this was a real eye-opener for me, um, how Morris is using LinkedIn. Now, I guess if you're anything like me, uh, and certainly like Dave as well, you, you're kind of on LinkedIn because, well, it's just another social media platform and you kind of should be. But I definitely, speaking for myself now, I definitely do not use it to its full uh, full capabilities, I guess. But Morris has definitely, since we had this chat, made me want to have uh, a new kind of look at LinkedIn with fresh eyes because certainly for people who are in business, um, which I guess which is what this episode is more relevant to, uh, you're going to learn a lot about how Morris uses LinkedIn and he does a lot of stuff with it. He's also recorded a uh, particular kind of training pack, if you like, a download that will kind of take you through how he uses LinkedIn because uh, he gets a lot of his business through that. But what I really like about this episode is how Morris explains that, yes, social media is really, really important, but he uses it to allow him to then do what we should do, which is to actually talk to people, as strange as it sounds. Now, what I will say is about two-thirds of the way through this particular episode, we play an ad by our uh, show sponsor, uh, Westcott, and afterwards, uh, we carry on with the interview for just a little bit longer. Now, it was during that particular break that we had a few issues, or rather, Morris had a few issues with his computer, and it took us considerably longer than the length of the ad to get it sorted. And when it came back, there were a few kind of audio challenges, and you'll kind of hear those. But that aside, it's still fantastic information, I think, that Morris is sharing with us. Uh, and just a little bit of a noise I couldn't actually work on to get rid of, but it doesn't detract from it. But anyway, enough of that. I'll let you crack on, and we'll just dive into this episode with Morris. Who are you? Well, I am Maurice Jager. I am a portrait and headshot photographer based out of the Netherlands, and... Uh, like how far do you want me to like go really in depth because we can go like so off the track with like where it all started and where it all ended and like well we're, we're, we are going to get to that but I think that's a pretty good intro right. saying who you are and what what you do but obviously well, I'm trying to realize now how many how many years we've known each other it's been quite a while now I I was just having this same like trying to figure that out and like with you coming to professional imaging for like a couple of years 
like I I got notifications on my phone with like the Time Hop app, like selfies with us, like going back four years, two years, yeah, yeah, six yeah. years. Like I, so I was like, oh my gosh, it's him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I guess really, kind of, we got to know each other. Was it through professional imaging, or was it through having a mutual friendship with Peter Hurley? I can't. I just I don't know if it's my age, but I'm just having trouble remembering things. Oh, oh, it well, it's not your like. I have that same problem when we have a little bit of a difference here in age. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, all right. I think okay. it's a photographer's uh, thing that we tend to forget random yeah, things. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think. Um, I first learned about what you're doing when you were at Professional Imaging doing this whole talk with your thingies and uh, like the rhinoceros oh, right, and yeah. like that thing from like like six, seven odd years ago. When I so was, it's mainly the Photoshop stuff then, or I guess originally. Yeah, from like way back. Cool. And like you uh, learned me a bunch of like awesome things that you use in your work and that I could adapt to the way I retouch my headshots. So that was kind of oh, right. cool. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then we kind of developed from there. And like, I don't know, like getting to meet each other in like all these conferences. And at some point yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, I know you. And then, yeah. like, well, well, listen, there's this, I think we've, we've never really had the time to sort of sit down and chat and find out more about each other. We kind of, in fact, in the last professional imaging, we got to spend out time a little bit more time than we normally do hanging out yeah but i want to kind of use this as a bit of a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit better sounds right? awesome. a little bit more about you all right might not well we'll just see how it goes i guess but really i mean obviously i know you as being somebody who does uh, you said headshots there and i know that you connected in with peter hurley because peter i've spoken uh we've had him on the show as well and he speaks very highly of you I don't but i want to kind of know so we'll talk about the headshot crew and what you're doing with that mm-hmm but take me back to before the headshot crew. Have you always been a photographer? What were you doing before? And all that kind of stuff. Okay. So we'll take a little whirlwind back to like me growing up. Um, I grew up in like a working class family. Um, and I was in uh, an academy to become a professional soccer player. So I spent my years from pretty much age seven to age 15. Uh, Like my routine was waking up in the morning, going to school till like two in the afternoon, getting on a bus, getting to the club, having dinner, being on the soccer pitch, having some more food, then going back on the pitch, then getting to the house at like 10 in the evening, go to sleep, 7 a.m. next morning, same day, same thing, like same routine. And I did that for seven years. And then at some point I was like very lackluster in watching where I was going, crossing the road and a car hit me and my knees got, my kneecaps were like pretty much messed up. And I uh, went into like trying to get all this fixed and like went to the whole program and spiel to like recuperate from that. And the club pretty much told me, like, no, we don't have any faith in this coming back to its original shape. So they pretty much kicked me to the curb. And wow. and then I got into this situation that was like 14, 15. And then I was finishing, uh, like, uh, I don't know, high school, I guess. And then I was in the this whole, like, process of, okay, what am I doing with my life? Because... From like very early on to that point, I was like so focused on being this 
football or soccer player, depending where you live in the world, how it's called. Uh, and my dad being uh, a, like total working class, like my dad was a miner in the 60s. He got into mining at age 14 and he was like always like working. And he told me like, okay, whatever you do, always make sure you're in charge. So I went into like business school and became a, like did all that. And then I became a manager in corporate world. And I did that for like a little over a decade. Like, and by the end of it, I was like huge, running huge programs and projects with like 120 people working for me at every given time at the day. And like my day started like seven in the morning and it like I had like boardroom meetings at 11 at night. And it was like, I was going like totally nuts. And that's when I felt like, okay, this is not what I want to continue doing for the rest of mm. my life. And that's when about the time that I felt like, okay, I was looking across the room and I saw my camera sitting there as being a hobbyist photographer. And I was like, maybe this little apparatus can help me uh, create a business and do something that I love doing. Mm -hmm. And I went on YouTube and I had no idea about what I was going to shoot. I shot everything that breathed and didn't move and not breathe and like anything, like whatever wanted, like wanted or didn't want it to get shot, I shot. And I went on YouTube and I started like putting in some keywords and Peter Hurley popped up on my radar in like 2012 or like whatever date being on Google Plus while well, it still existed doing right. a yeah, talk. Yeah. And I was like, this guy has something awesome to say for himself. And I don't know any actors. <laughs> I have like, there's no actor spiel in the Netherlands at all that I know of. There's not a ton of these people. But let me figure out a way that I can adapt his approach into the corporate world. And that's what I started doing. So before, before Peter came along, before you actually saw Peter on YouTube and thinking, I like, I'm kind of liking what he's doing. You said that you were photographing anything and everything. Was that purely for your own fun? Or did you kind of get into the business side of things in photography really, really quick? Like I was doing a lot of like concerts and like all of like I shot Jay-Z concerts and like all these like huge stadium concerts. And I was doing all of this and I was it got published with like a ton of like blogs and mu music websites and all of this. And then, uh, like, this person shows up in Amsterdam, and the day after, this guy's in, like, Antwerp or Berlin, and nobody ever looks at the shots from Amsterdam anymore because they're not current. And I felt like, okay, I want to create something that has a longer longevity mm -hmm. for people. And that's when I figured, okay, I do like shooting humans. Who can I find that talks about something different than just these, like, school portrait kind of... Uh, like a dime a dozen kind of thing and that's when I found Peter and like when I started this whole headshot uh, endeavor like my competition in this country was when somebody googled headshots people got results for Call of Duty <laughs> didn't expect to say that <laughs> it's it's like nobody ever like it wasn't a thing like nobody cared yeah yeah so I had to like really go back to this like business school marketing product development experience that I've been doing in the corporate world for like over a decade and apply all of this to 
like actually creating a market market for the photography that I'm still doing today. Wow. Okay. So the the kind of as soon as you mentioned Peter, then so what kind of happened there? You got to hear about Peter Hurley's uh, headshot crew, and obviously Peter's talked about that when we interviewed him before, and it, we know it's a it's a huge worldwide thing that he's got going there. But what what was the process there then? Because I I can see why you're doing it, and I can see now that you know your your things are going really really well for you. But my and this isn't a negative. This mm-hmm. is more of just purely a kind of I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. That when it comes to photography, you see, one of the things I talk about a lot to people is having your own style. Yeah. Okay. Now, Peter has a particular kind of look to his photos, a very identifiable. Yep. Um, and that's the kind of look that he would kind of encourage people or shows people how to do when it comes to the headshot crew, right? Because it's kind of like a blueprint. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of people starting out in the business always look up to somebody who's doing something great and try and replicate it like you talk about in your book like being a thief from like and how you can reuse what other people figured out yeah and that was my starting point and when i talk to like other photographers when i talk about the headshot crew they go like yeah i don't want necessarily want to shoot white backgrounds or like chop people's heads or do all of this it's like no it goes further than that it's a lot about like uh, connecting with human beings and uh, like the the style is the crop and Mm -hmm. the 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 method is not so much perceived in the style like the the like what however way you point your camera if you're shooting portrait mode then everything that peter talks about is still applicable Mm-hmm. with the jawlines and the screen like all that stuff that he like goes absolutely ape shit with that still that stuff still works and i used his um methods and blueprint and style as a starting point and then i pretty much deviated from that and created my own nuances with that and i think right now that a lot of people see like recognize my work as being mm-hmm. mine and not being like oh my gosh, this is another headshot crew person who shoots like, uh, like I don't know, like one out of a million, the same kind of thing. So yeah, definitely, and that, that's the kind of thing I was trying to allude to there because initially when I kind of um, I'm, I'm very aware of the headshot crew and I can see that people are getting on board and doing it and they're doing initially like you say starting out doing similar kind of portraits because that's what their Peter's kind of showing you. Yeah. But I will say that over the last couple of years of seeing how your stuff has grown, which I keep seeing, I see more and more of your activity going on out there. I th- I actually do think now I can say that one was done by Peter, that one was done by Morris. And like you say, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily the lighting that makes somebody's picture different. It's kind of like what you bring out of the person. It can be all kinds of stuff, can't it? It doesn't have to just be lighting is your style. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think like when... Peter or and I or anybody else in the crew would shoot the same person after one another. I think all these pictures will come out differently because mm-hmm. every person has a different interaction with the person in front of your lens. There's a different level of rapport. And some people you just connect to on a deeper level and some people you just like shoot and like getting that time and and taking that time actually to getting the to know these people and figure their physique out and the way their mind operates 
is something that is making portrait work unique no matter what the crop is so your your headshot work i take it because obviously you're are you full-time photographer i've never yeah. even asked you that yeah I you am. Are, so you're a fu- yeah. you're a full-time photographer headshots is 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 what your business is based on i guess yes but what what is kind of like a day-to-day thing for you because i know you've, you've been saying this week that you've been getting up at crazy hours in the morning and you've been working all the way through and you've mentioned something which i do not get i don't get it. i'm on it but i don't get it linkedin <laughs> okay now obviously the headshot stuff is very important with the linkedin i've had a, i've had a good old browse on your website some legalized stalking and oh it's kind of you talk about let's have a look here in fact yeah because i was i was kind of expecting you to say this you say you are a pro a profile photo specialist mm-hmm Explain what that is. What do you mean by that? So while I was adapting this whole actor headshot thing to business, I figured out pretty much that all these people that I'm shooting are using my work on LinkedIn as being their platform. So I branded myself as the LinkedIn headshot photographer in this country. And by... Uh, working with people that use this platform like so much and it was natural for me to start working with LinkedIn as well to find my clientele and to find people that actually need my service. So I started to um, develop uh, an approach with LinkedIn and try and like I totally figured out this platform and how I can use it and like to go back to your like you spent like early hours, like I've, me and my counterpart, John D'Amato, who run uh, screwthemetadata.com, where we educate photographers on anything but photography, but everything like <laughs> around it and branding and like storytelling and all that stuff. We created like a, a six hour training on how people can use LinkedIn as the platform. And we talk from like the total basics to like ridiculous strategies that get you in front of the right people and anything in between. So, so is it fair to say then, and you're the first person to mention this, is LinkedIn your number one social media platform then? I, yeah, I focus on LinkedIn for like building my business and finding people that I want to work with. And that comes natural to me as being a headshot photographer. But like I, I had so many questions from other photographers in other niches, like weddings and like, I don't know, like landscape people and like anything. Go like, how do you use this LinkedIn thing? And (laughs) I haven't got a clue. And at some point I went like, okay, I can just like start like typing a million of these answers or I just create an awesome thing that's all encapsulating and that these people can consume at their own merit and just learn everything that's like sitting in my head and that I've been using for like six years. And so that's why this whole thing came about. I'm going to have to have a look at something there. Because like I said, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, but I kind of like joined it because, well, everybody else was on it. Yeah. But it's just something that I I get notifications saying someone's looked at your profile or you've got like, every year you get a message saying congratulations or happy birthday on your business. But I just do not get it. I really do not get it. I don't don't know if it's suitable for the work I do. I can see why it would be for you because obviously it is – I guess it's one of those places where first impressions count as well. And they see a good headshot. People are going to want to have a look at it and see who you are and what you do. And yeah, I get, I guess. 
it's this is this isn't me trying to get some free info out of you, by the way. It's, I don't I don't know. This is this is amazing for the people listening to this podcast too. So I don't mind sharing some stuff. But what I feel like I have a Facebook page. I have like eight thousand people on my Facebook page, or like whatever number, and I actually tested a couple weeks ago posting the same thing on Facebook and on my LinkedIn and just doing it simultaneously at my Facebook page had like 180 like views or people reached or whatever this like benchmark is that they use and on LinkedIn I reached like 3000 wow by not doing anything different so it's I feel like on um, as a professional photographer trying to like develop a business, Facebook is going more in the direction of just like consuming content for uh, like um, for fun or for mm-hmm. entertainment. And LinkedIn yeah. is a platform which is focused a lot on okay, I want to learn something, I want to become a better person or a better business pe- person. Or I want to develop my business. I want to see if somebody can help me do that. And that focus on the LinkedIn platform is what gives me a total leg up because none of the photographers that I know actually focuses on this. So that separates Mm. me a lot from everybody else just by not spending a buck or a, or a, a dollar or anything just being on LinkedIn versus not reaching a single soul on Facebook unless I drop like a, a substantial amount of money on ads. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know people who are who who do use Facebook ads and they have very, you know, a lot of success with it. Some real close friends of mine are doing it. But I, I kind of heard a rumor that um, that if you do pay for an ad on Facebook, it, it, Facebook kind of then knows that you're somebody who's prepared to pay for ads. Yeah. So, so from the minute you do the first one, your reach from that point is never never as much. So then you are more inclined, they think to then want to pay for it. Yeah, your organic reach goes down unless you start dropping dollars or whatever currency that you operate in your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And to start driving that up to a number that makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. So at the end of the day, it's just like a glorified yellow page where you mm-hmm. just like slap an ad and like fingers crossed and wish for the best. And LinkedIn... And the way we talk about this whole LinkedIn thing in the track actually puts you in charge of the people that you reach and talk to because there's so many ways that you can find people that matter and people that you actually want to reach. So you can still use it. I'm trying to get my head around. I'm going to have to dive into this after we've spoken now because yeah. you got me curious. But is it, is it somewhere that you can treat as like a normal social media where you do post what you're up to, what things are going on, or treat it like a blog? Or do you have to actually go and get hold of people directly and search for people to then kind of connect with them? Does that make sense? It does make sense. And the answer is all of the above. Um, <laughs> you, you, can, you can just like share your like posts as you would on uh, Facebook. So share what you're up to. You share your awesome World War II portraits with the content that you uh, tag on to these pictures and then like this like there's a couple hundred pixels on top of the page called search and that opens up 
so many opportunities for photographers because the filtering means that you'll get by clicking that little thing is just nuts because I like my business operates on having um, four categories for the people that I want to connect with. Right. So my category one is my friends. So everybody that I know is on LinkedIn. Then two is the people that actually need my services. And those are the people I try to connect to through my content because LinkedIn still works in a way that if somebody likes my stuff, then it goes in their feed. And if somebody comments, it goes into their feed. And then the second degree connections see that somebody else liked it and they get made aware of what I'm doing. Then category three is the people that I really want to work with. Like the people that I identify with and I would like pretty much almost kill for it to get in front of my camera. Like these like, oh my gosh, I shot this person kind of people. And then number four is hubs. And hubs are people that don't necessarily need my service for themselves, but share the same target audience. And by, and by having a hub, uh, getting aware of what I'm doing and loving what I'm doing, those people would open up their network to my service. So these All right, so it's advocates. almost like a way of, I guess, links, what you're saying there then to me is LinkedIn is somewhere where if people see your work, they they kind of say to their, their followers, yeah, I reckon this guy here is really good. You might want to take a look at what he's doing. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a, a recommendation in the traditional sense when we actually physically talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like... We still do that. Uh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> and for me, getting people on LinkedIn and like talking to them on the platform in the messaging that LinkedIn has available to its users. Like I taught, I sent these people a couple of like messages back and forth and we have a conversation. And then the minute I feel like, okay, this is a person I want to talk to and this is going to be a valuable person for me to like take going forward. Then the, that's the, the minute I'll drop like, okay, let's talk on the phone and I'll take them straight off the platform. And I'll just talk on the on the phone like a normal human being would, mm. and that is something that not a ton of people do because everybody wants to like be on this safe haven like Facebook, LinkedIn, like this platform thing, and I just go straight for okay, uh, what's your phone number? How's your schedule looking tomorrow? Let's talk. So you are so you are basically you are really kind of. You're proactive as opposed to kind of... I think this is the, the trap that people fall into when it comes to social media because it is the the safe way, if you like, of kind of getting to know who's out there and what they're up to. And, and kind of people seem to sort of, sort of think that... Well, not not as a sweeping statement, not everybody, but a lot of people tend to think that if they're on social media, that is their advertising. They don't need, you know, just throw some stuff out there, some content, and people will find you and away it goes. But, you know, we all know that isn't the case. But by the sounds of it, you are you are proactive on LinkedIn as opposed to just kind of relying that it's going to kind of draw work to you. Because I, I, remember, I remember a while back, and I think I actually mentioned this on one of the podcasts. It's maybe about a year or so ago I was doing a... I did a, a photo shoot in Birmingham and there was a guy that had actually won a competition with Canon. He came along to spend the day with me while I was doing the photo shoot and he was a full-time photographer. And I said, and I said to him, um, when we're having a bit of a break, I said, so if you weren't here today, what, what else would you be doing then? 
knowing that he's a full-time photographer. And he goes, oh, I'd be sitting at home waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That blows so, my mind. Like, that, yeah. that would make me go totally nuts. Because if you are a photographer, either amateur, wanting to go pro, or a pro photographer, then the minute you're not shooting, you should be focusing your time on getting that next person in front of the camera. And by being proactive is the way to get it done. Like, I could, like, you notice, like, as I do, like, I have, like, 50,000 people on my Instagram. I maybe shot, like, 12. Uh, And, like, everybody expects, like, I post a ton of awesome stuff. And then at some point, magically, the phone will start ringing and people are queuing like outside the door, like I have a queue around the corner waiting for me to get, sh- waiting them waiting for me to get shot, shoot them. And that's not how it works. Like <laughs> if you want something, you should get it. Yeah. Like you hunt down all these World War II veterans, like, right? That's how you started this project by actually finding them. And then at some yeah, yeah. point there's a tipping point where word gets out and some people reach out to you and you're still reaching out to people that you feel like, okay, I want to shoot this person. Mm-hmm. And that little mix is what's happening with every business owner, I think. And all the tactics that like, I always make this like metaphor, like the, the, the bakery store on the corner of my street has been in business since the forties and they had no social media. They had nothing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they still, they're still in business 70 whatever years later, not by social media, no, by having human interactions and mm. just using whatever they had available at that time and use that. And now mm. we are so spoiled by having all this stuff online that we can use and start conversations and create human interactions that we get so spoiled that we think like, okay, everybody will find me because I'm on there. Well, you say, you say spoiled, but it's kind of more a case of a full sense of security, isn't it, really? It is. Do you know what I mean? A full, it's kind of how you're going, well, all I need to do is be on this and I'm away I go, but nah, it doesn't happen like that. We know that. Listen, talk, talking about your, you said your place, <laughs> so there's a cafe been in, since the 40s. I am sorry I didn't get to see you at your place because I am. I want to come and see your studio because I can see, obviously, behind you now where you are in your studio. But your studio overlooks somewhere really special, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I got the... Uh, uh, it's called the John Frost Bridge, which is named after... Uh, I think it's an English general that worked in... The, had his like whole apparatus in the World War II. And that's the bridge that is uh, featured in the movie called A Bridge Too Far. How cool is that? Very, very cool. It is. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the only reason I wanted to come to your studio. By the way, oh, I do. <laughs> well, I kn- I know that you're coming, like you're making your way across the channel in the next month. So yes, we'll definitely free up some time and get you over here, and I'll take your next headshot and like get some create some craziness. And I like the sound of that. I yeah. like the sound of that. But listen, one one thing you mentioned there, because I want to just keep picking your brain here, because oh, yeah. there is. There's so much to this. The, the LinkedIn, I, I did not know that this conversation was going to go that way, but I'm so glad it did because that's it's almost given me like a bit of a kick up the backside to say, look, you need to look at this 
because I've never, I've never, you know, it's Facebook. Well, Instagram's my favorite. Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, and then you know the YouTube. But I have to look at LinkedIn, so I will do that. But you mentioned about um, one of the things I've had a good look on your website. Branding is a huge thing for you, and you talk how you help people with their branding. Yeah, I, I guess the, the number one branding thing for you that you get to them is their headshot. So, without meaning to sound like a really obvious question, how important is a good headshot? Mod for for these days now, when it comes to things like LinkedIn, social media, blah 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 blah. Yeah, like, it, and it's a total valid question. I get this asked a lot since my main focus is headshots, and then I'm shooting, um, like I call this branded business portraits, where I go on the move with people and shoot them like anywhere from like sitting at Starbucks to like going into some like meeting area, shooting them on the streets, like creating a whole bunch of content about the story that they want to tell. And I think a headshot is the like the entry point of your branding. Like when a studio headshot photographer calls their sessions personal branding photography, that pretty much like makes my skin crawl because that's not it. It doesn't tell the story. You can't tell the story without the context of the background and where these people actually are while this shot is being taken. So, uh, well, well, hold on a second. Right. The word story. What do you mean by the story? Okay. So any entrepreneur, me, you, anybody who's listening has a story they can tell from where they're coming from, where they want to be, and anything in between how they operate their process, their expertise, share content based on like what they produce, content on, okay, I, this is my past career and this is what I learned and I transformed this learning experience into my photography in this way. There's like so many ways that you can talk about uh, how you grew in life and how you... Uh, are a different photographer from the next guy based on the experience and the life you lived. Mm -hmm. And the content and the, uh, particularly the image content that I create for people in that way totally helps them tell that story. Cool. So, right. yeah, so, I get that. I so, get that. so I work a lot with like people that are in the speakers, thought leaders, authors, uh, like huge successful entrepreneurs, and they sell some product that is not that inspiring it's like a service they talk about they, they share their experience and like educate people and have coaching programs and all of that and i help them visualize that whole product that they're selling based on talking to them and pretty much doing a like an interview before i shoot them okay what is important to you? Where, what are your goals? Where do you like spend most of your time? Uh, what do you do when you're off? Like just like free time stuff. And like I create, I ask them like probably like 50 questions. I spend two hours with these people. And then that gives me a shot list. And then I'll go bonkers for eight hours and shoot like an amazing amount of content and that they can use throughout the year while they want to tell their story. That's really interesting you say that because obviously one of the things I really do, in fact, I think I posted about this and spoke about it as well when we were at the um, professional imaging was to spend time talking to people before you photograph them. Yeah. And I know that in an ideal world, that's what we'd all do. I know there are people out there who literally get, you know, two minutes, five minutes with a person, they're in, they're out and they're gone, that's it. Yeah. But in an ideal world, obviously talking to people makes a huge difference to the portrait. Yeah. 
um, and obviously gives you more scope then for the kind of stuff that you're doing. Listen, let's just take a quick, I don't know how long it is actually, 15 second break just to play a quick ad. All right. He Shoots, He Draws is sponsored by the Westcott Rapid Box Switch. Isn't it time you made the switch? Do it today at www.fjwestcott.com backslash switch. All right, so now that we're back after the ad, we were obviously talking about LinkedIn. You've got, you've actually got me intrigued now about LinkedIn, like my friend Vincent Versace had me about the old shooting with continuous light, silent shutter and face tracking. Now I'm thinking I've got to go off and start looking at this kind of stuff. But where um, you, you mentioned that you've, you've put this, this pack together, and I know our intention wasn't to sort of say, hey, I've got this pack, go and buy it. But wh- where is it and how much content is there and what can, how, you know, where do people get it? Um, it is on the platform that I'm running with John D'Amato called Screw the Metadata. All right, okay. And uh, you can find the LinkedIn um, training course on uh, letscrewthemetadata.com slash LinkedIn. All right, we'll put we'll put the links in the, uh, the show notes and all that kind of stuff for it, but... All right, so that's, so that's that. Thank you. Right, you've, you've definitely sparked my interest. But um, one thing, in fact, I know I didn't pre-warn you about this, but one thing we tend to ask folks pretty much every single time we interview them, and you you you, you do well to look intrigued now, oh, is about is about the loves and the loathes. All right, so I want to ask you something. Is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say to you, what do you love? about what you do, the industry, or whatever? What's the first thing that comes straight into your head? Um, What I love about what I'm doing is that I can uh, surprise or blow people's head off, vigorously speaking, when (laughs) when they see my work pop up on, like, these, like, huge BenQ monitors that I shoot into with my tether cable. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's well. What... Talk, uh, talk about some under the radar kind of advertising. Oh, Check you out. <laughs> it's it, it's like that is so cool that I have these like monitors set up and with my camera tethered straight into my computer and yeah, yeah, yeah. I like grab people away from the lights. I go like, how much do you like that shot? And they go like, oh my gosh, I, I never had a picture like that taken before of me. And that like instant gratification. Is what I love about my work, and that's why I like like I I wouldn't be able to shoot without that cable in my camera because this is like yeah. this is what drives me. It's like I like that. Like no matter how these people are in life, that no matter what their position is in life or like in business, everybody goes absolutely nuts. Like oh my gosh, that's me. That's amazing and. Like if I do not get that response, that is what I shoot for. So right. if somebody books me for thirty minutes and I didn't get that response in the first thirty minutes, I'll shoot over. I just keep going until these people go. Like, <laughs> you wear them down. Yeah. Like, no, we can do better. Like that's that's like that's so amazing. That fires me up. Cool. All right. Okay. So that's the love. What? Don't you? And this isn't meant to be a negative as such. You can put it. You can be a negative with a positive spin to it. Mm-hmm. But when you think about what you do, the industry, and all that kind of stuff, what don't you like? What do you loathe, or what would you change? Okay. Uh, what I really loathe what photographers are doing on the social sphere is dropping 
all this nonsense called metadata. That's why we created this platform called Screw the Metadata because we are like so against people putting, like I shot this on my Canon 5D Mark IV with my 7200 f2.8 shot oh, at yeah, f5.6 yeah. at ISO 200, one, 125th of a second. I used uh, this plugin and that tool and Capture One and uh, <laughs> like endless, 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 it doesn't stop. And I go like, oh my gosh, that's so horrible. And then I like, I personally don't do that. And then I get private messages on social, ask people asking me like, what were your settings? Yeah, And then I, I tell them like, yeah, this is my camera. This is my settings. My settings never change because I change my lights. And then they go, like, okay. And they don't really ask about what's your lights. What's like, how far away is your softbox from the subject? Because that matters a lot more than me shooting at F4. And like, it's so, it's so un- like, oh my gosh, that like, gets me, me like, oh my, I, I, I guess. Me, <laughs> me and Dave spoke about this. I forget what episode it was on now, but we can't, we did talk about how people uh, in their social media posts, they do add all that stuff on. Yeah. And it's, we kind of said it was like, let's say if Dave come to, you know, I went to go on to drive to Dave's house and Dave says, hello mate, how are you? I'd go, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I think that's because this morning I woke up and I had some of the uh, lovely Waitrose uh, oat flakes. And when I drove here in my car, I went down this road here and I actually filled up at the SO petrol station. Very, very good fuel they have there. And just, you know, explaining everything. It's like, oh man, just have a normal conversation. If there's what, and I hate that when you see all those hashtags after comments you know i've like one line of text and then about 10 lines of hashtags and oh man it drives me crazy and i feel a lot of photographers do this because they want to get on the radar with these brands and become ambassadors and like do all of that and so they tag sony and canon and nikon and like whatever olympus face one like all of these things and they tag all these things thinking that it's going to make a difference. And like the focus for these photographers is wrong because they focus a lot on all these corporations that are not necessarily browsing the Instagrams for like, okay, we need 12 more ambassadors this month. Let's see who use their hashtag. No, these people are missing opportunities because their clients really don't care. Like mm-hmm. when somebody jumps in my stu- no, nobody ever asked me what's your shutter speed. They don't care. When I yeah. tell the story behind the image, what you do with your World War II project, like this is the story. This is the like the history of this person that I shot. And by knowing his history, this is how I like make sure the medals look good and like everything is in check. And like that makes a lot more difference than you talking about shooting uh, a Westcott Apollo orb that's like seven feet away from the sun, like whatever. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you can put that thing outside and just shoot daylight coming in from the window and you'll get a good shot. And just like, yeah, I used the Westcott orb. I, I let it sit in the parking lot. Like, nobody, like, ugh. Yeah. I, I only wish this sometimes this was a... A visual podcast because people would see your arms going oh crazy. my god like, oh, <laughs> I can't oh it's dear man brilliant brilliant I talk a lot with my hands too like I can never sit still when I talk I'm good like I, I'm part Italian I don't know about it like I go like 
all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morris, what, what was the? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and calm you down now. But what you when we first started talking, or just before we started recording, actually, you mentioned that you're getting up really early, and there's some video content you're working on. I don't know how many videos. What what is that for? Are you able to say what that project is all about? <gasps> that was the LinkedIn project for photographers that we've been just releasing. Oh, this is the actual training side of things for LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. We oh. went we went like absolutely nuts the last couple of weeks recording everything like i got like under the weather and i just like hammered through and recorded all this stuff and like i like even when i'm not doing all of this like video work or whatever i like being in the studio early because i do work a lot with people in the u.s and i do work a lot with people in europe and at like seven six in the morning till like i don't know 10 in the morning is a gap that nobody ever calls me. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the US are asleep, the Europeans are asleep, the Europeans start calling me at like 10 and then then it's like okay and then like noon to like 2 p.m. the Americans start to like wake up. So that six to 10 hour time gap in the morning is nobody disturbing me and i actually just think and just focus on one thing and get a lot done so that's why i go into the studio like bright and early and watch the little sunrise and see that awesome bridge getting lit (laughs) (laughs) cool all right well listen um where where can where do you want people to go to find more about you because some people say instagram but i'm guessing you're going to say linkedin aren't you uh yeah you can either like go on linkedin use that little search bar on top that couple hundred pixels that make a difference in the world and type in my name and you can also go to linkedin.com slash in slash maurice jager because that's the like little link that uh, takes you straight to my profile my website is mauricejager.com uh, all the education happens on screwthemetadata.com and i'm on instagram uh, Maurice underscore Jager. Mate, thank you so much. We won't mention about any technical difficulties because through the wonders of editing, people have no idea what no. we've just had to work through. Oh, we lived <laughs> through it. My gosh. Like, I was like, gee, I, I, like, I lost hair over this whole little <laughs> endeavor of just like firing this all up again and hating my. We got there in the end. We got there in the end, mate. We got there in the end. We, but listen, we, we made it. Mate. Through. Mate, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. You probably must be shattered now as soon as you've been starting so early, but uh, thanks for your time. I said we'd get you on here. I really, I really, I kind of knew what I wanted to talk to you about and we went completely off the tangent and I'm glad we did because I had no idea about that. So thank you for that, mate. I'm glad we didn't talk this through beforehand because like free flowing, it is always where a lot of the value lives. Definitely, yeah, definitely. But I will be seeing you. I'll give you a shout when I'm over in a few weeks. Uh, it's the weekend of the fourth of May, isn't it? Something like that. so. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So I shall give you a give you a shout for that, mate. Yeah, that's awesome. May fourth is May fourth is when we remember the people that died in the war. May fifth is when we celebrate our freedom. So that's the the two days that is us with. That's going to be a great weekend to be over. Yep. Cool. So make sure you make it uh, your way to one. I will do, mate. All right, nice one. Thank you very much, mate. Catch you soon. Catch you soon. Thank you for having me.